Support for KQBD Podcasts comes from San Francisco International Airport. SFO is proud to celebrate San Francisco pride with a float in this year's parade and live entertainment in the terminals. How will you show your pride? Learn more at flysfo.com celebrates. Take your Wi-Fi further with wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity. With fast speeds and reliable coverage, home just got even sweeter with the Xfinity 10G network. Restrictions apply. Not available in all areas. Actual speeds vary. From KQED. Good morning. This is the California Report. I'm Saul Gonzalez in Los Angeles. With more than 2,200 confirmed coronavirus cases now recorded in California, there are growing worries about whether our healthcare system can manage the influx of sick and contagious patients. One big challenge, finding more hospital beds. Here's Governor Newsom with the numbers. We have just shy of 75,000 licensed beds. We need an additional 50,000 beds in our system. Our new modeling suggests 50,000 is the new target number. So how do we reach that target? Well, Governor Newsom says existing hospitals can be expanded to create space for about 30,000 more beds. For the rest, the state plans to reopen shuttered hospitals and find space at hotels, motels, fairgrounds, and convention centers. The governor also says the state needs to procure protective gear for doctors and nurses, like one billion pairs of latex gloves and half a million N95 masks. In related news, California health officials are warning that the cost of health insurance could skyrocket next year because of the need to treat coronavirus patients. KQED's April Demboski has more. A new study estimates the national cost of caring for patients with the coronavirus could top $251 billion this year. Peter Lee, the head of California's Affordable Care Act marketplace, is calling on the federal government to help health insurers with those costs now. If they aren't addressed this year, it's absolutely the case that some of them will be built into rates next year. Consumers could see their monthly premiums go up 40 percent. Lee says health insurance companies are not like banks. By law, they are required to spend 80 percent of their revenues on health care. When we negotiate with them, we make sure they are not sitting on big buckets of profits because we don't let them, which means they've got pretty thin margins. He says without federal help, insurers will go in the red. For the California Report, I'm April Demboski. Let's turn now to coronavirus and citizenship. Every year, around 200,000 green card holders in California take an oath to become naturalized Americans, coming together in courthouses and convention centers to swear their allegiance to their new country, like this ceremony. On behalf of U.S. Citizenship and Immigration Services, I congratulate all of you on becoming citizens of the United States of America. But virus fears make the path to citizenship and the ability to vote in the upcoming election more complicated. Reporter Michelle Pitcher has more. Rachel Lapouse was scheduled to take the oath of citizenship last Thursday at the Los Angeles Convention Center. She had booked a flight for the next day to be with her husband in England, where he's stationed for military duty. But the Friday before, she got an email saying the ceremony was canceled due to coronavirus. Like I have my hotel reservation and my flight already lined up after the oath-taking. So by now, since the oath-taking is postponed, I might just wait for any updates. A lot of things were put on hold. 
I, I just wish that we can vote by November. Rachel was one of about 10,000 people scheduled to take the oath in Los Angeles that day. She's also one of hundreds of thousands of Californians in the process of being naturalized this year. Last week, the U.S. Citizenship and Immigration Services Department announced that all citizenship and asylum interviews would be canceled through April 1st. California immigration attorney Sonia Figueroa says if these delays continue through the summer, many people may not complete the process in time to vote in November. The bottleneck that's going to happen are people who can naturalize unless they start doing both ceremonies every day uh, once we get back into gear. There's going to be a lot of people that are going to be left out of this upcoming election. But Figueroa says that the best thing for people to do is not to risk their health or anyone else's in an effort to get citizenship. For The California Report, I'm Michelle Pitcher. In response to coronavirus, colleges across the state have closed and many students are heading home to their parents. But as Valley Public Radio's Alice Daniel reports, some students just can't do that. There are 69 students at Fresno State who are current or former foster care youth. They're all part of an academic support program called Renaissance Scholars. Advisor Adriana Vasquez says her students are anxious. Um, One student mentioned the situation in Italy and if it's going to be like that here, uh, where it's going to be for a few months, we're going to be pretty much staying at home. And if she was going to have enough to survive. About 10 of the students live in the dorms, which are expected to stay open. But most of the scholars, like 21-year-old Christy Snell, live in off-campus apartments. She says it's been a little rough watching other kids pack up their stuff and leave. People are going home. I don't really like have that option, so it's a little scary. But she says she's resourceful. Being a foster youth taught her that. I'm a little bit used to this type of situation, you know, just um, being alone and um, trying to find stuff for myself and stuff like that. Snell works part-time at Target. She sees a lot of stressed-out people waiting in long lines. She just feels bad for them, she says, especially the parents. For The California Report, I'm Alice Daniel in Fresno. Many high school seniors are worried that delaying graduation because of the pandemic might keep them from attending college this fall. KQED's Julia McAvoy reports state officials are trying to figure out solutions. Malia Johnson is a senior at Oakland's Fremont High, and she's been accepted to Cal Poly. Well, you must be excited. Yeah, I am. But at this point, Johnson's not sure she will graduate on time, or even if she'll be getting course credit for the classwork she's doing online. And I don't know how that's going to affect colleges and things like that. So it's kind of frustrating. Those conversations are happening between the K-12 world and our higher ed world. California's chief deputy superintendent of public instruction, Stephanie Gregson, says there are a lot of details that need to be figured out. We are working with our UCs our CSUs and our community colleges to ensure that there is no harm done for students who are involved in distance learning, that 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 does not harm them for college admissions. High schools might try and make up lost learning time over the summer. That's what student Malia Johnson predicts. But that would be a problem for her. I had plans to like do an internship with a, um, a company I interned with last year. That was my source of money for college. Students like Johnson have computers at home for distance learning. But she says many of her classmates at Fremont High only have their phones. So completing those final credits is going to be complicated for many of them. For The California Report, I'm Julia McAvoy. Support for The California Report 
comes from California Earthquake Authority, offering earthquake insurance to help Californians protect their financial futures. EarthquakeAuthority.com The California Healthcare Foundation, presenting Trade-Offs, a new podcast that tries to make sense of our costly and complicated healthcare system. Subscriptions at tradeoffs.org or wherever you get your podcasts. And Eric and Wendy Schmidt, whose Fund for Strategic Innovation supports transformative ideas that benefit humanity while protecting the natural world, recognizing through science the interdependence of all living systems. And finally, some news today that has nothing to do with COVID-19. Utility giant Pacific Gas and Electric has agreed to plead guilty to 84 counts of involuntary manslaughter because its equipment started the 2018 campfire that leveled the town of Paradise. PG&E filed for bankruptcy a few weeks later. Joining me now to talk about these developments is my California Report co-host Lily Jamali. Lily, first of all, fill in the blanks about the settlement. A utility pleading guilty to multiple counts of involuntary manslaughter? That just seems extraordinary to me. It is extraordinary. I mean, PG&E is admitting here that the corporation killed 84 people in the 2018 campfire. It's their response to a grand jury indictment following a year-long investigation by the Butte County District Attorney Mike Ramsey and the state attorney general. Ramsey told me that this offers a modicum of justice to survivors. And when I hear manslaughter guilty pleas, I assume someone's going to jail. Is that going to happen? What's the punishment here? Well, the punishment is a $3.5 million penalty. That's the most that the law allows for. No one is going to jail. And that's actually something that campfire survivors I've been speaking to find upsetting. Here's Phil Binstock, who lost his 88-year-old dad, Julian. The equipment was old. It had not been inspected properly. It had been inspected by people at the ground level with binoculars or by uh, uh, helicopters. Somebody, I think, needs to spend some time in prison. The fire was sparked by a broken piece of equipment called a sea hook. And when I asked D.A. Ramsey about this, he said that that equipment wore down over decades. So it would have been really hard to point to one individual at the company to prosecute. And finally, Lily, what comes next for PG&E after these manslaughter pleas? Well, the government probably won't be going after PG&E beyond these charges. Survivors of this and several other PG&E-caused fires are set to vote on a multi-billion dollar deal with the utility soon. Between that and Governor Gavin Newsom approving PG&E's bankruptcy exit plan, the utility seems poised to get out of Chapter 11 on schedule by this summer. That's my California Report co-host, Lily Jamali. And that is the California Report for Tuesday, March 24th, our production of KQED Public Radio. Remember to listen to your local California NPR station for the latest news about the coronavirus. I know for a fact reporters, producers, engineers, editors are all working really hard to bring you what you need to know. And KQED science team also has the latest with live updates and in-depth posts. Check it out at kqed.org slash science. I'm Saul Gonzalez in Los Angeles. Be well, everybody. Support for the California Report comes from California Earthquake Authority, offering earthquake insurance to help Californians protect their financial futures. EarthquakeAuthority.com. The California Healthcare Foundation, presenting Trade-Offs, a new podcast that tries to make sense of our costly and complicated healthcare system. Subscriptions at tradeoffs.org or wherever you get your podcasts.
and Eric and Wendy Schmidt, whose Fund for Strategic Innovation supports transformative ideas that benefit humanity while protecting the natural world, recognizing through science the interdependence of all living systems. Take your Wi-Fi further with wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity. With fast speeds and reliable coverage, home just got even sweeter with the Xfinity 10G network. Restrictions apply. Not available in all areas. Actual speeds vary. Hey, KQED listeners. I'm right now as podcast host, Pendarvis Harshaw. Dropping a line to invite you to a summer evening of live contemporary jazz at the KQED headquarters in San Francisco. Thursday, June 20th at 7 p.m. We've got a stacked lineup of dope musicians, including vocalist Jamie Z, saxophonist Lydia Rodriguez, and harpist Destiny Muhammad. And Newsflash is the closing event for our podcast. We've had a great run, so help us celebrate the end of this chapter. Get tickets to Liner Notes Live at kqed.org events. Did you ever wonder what it's like to live alone, hidden in the woods, not speaking to a single soul for 30 years, or wander the desert, uncover a hidden well, and dive to the bottom of the deepest water hole for 2,000 miles. The Snap Judgment Podcast takes you there with amazing stories told by the people who live them, with an original soundscape that drops you directly into their shoes. Snap Judgment. Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcast.